Okay. All right. Hey, I'm so glad you guys are here. You are the people that actually changed your clocks and got up. That is awesome. Give yourself a hand. You did it. You got to church. That is awesome. How many of you just came this morning to save your seat for the 11 o'clock service? Anybody? Yes. Okay. I thought that might be the case. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I am so grateful you're here. Uh, today, we're continuing our series where we're talking about what it is to live life literally in and on mission. And what does that look like? But before we do, part of living on mission is the opportunity to invest in kingdom work and to be a part of that. And so, you know, it wouldn't be a church service unless there was some time of offering. But let me just tell you a few things that uh, might encourage you in your offering. And that is, um, we, since January, our Sunday morning student groups are up like 40 kids a week. How crazy is that? I mean, kids actually being in small groups to hear the word of God. That, it doesn't get any better than that. But also in our, in our kids' ministry, I'm telling you, our church is growing by parents having babies left and right around here. And I would just say, y'all keep going. This is an awesome way to grow a church. You know, couples are happy, kind of, and kids are happy. So... Well, at least, you know, anyway, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep going down that direction. But let me just stop and say, how awesome is that going on? Don't miss this. Two weeks from today, Rachel mentioned date night on the 27th. So that entire Sunday is given to marriages. And so if you're here today and maybe you're just out of a marriage and you're thinking, I don't want to have that again, that day's for you. If you're here and you say, I'm not married, but someday I'd like to be, that day's for you. If you're here and you've been married for a year, it's definitely for you. If you're here and you've been married seven years, you are on the cusp of the year in which most people choose to not make it. This is for you. If you've been married for 30 plus years, raise your hand. 30 plus years, raise your hand. All right, now to the same person, raise your hand. Okay, God, that was awesome. Okay, so it's for you, but don't miss this date. A dear friend of mine is going to be here with us from Kentucky. He has a marriage called Grace, or ministry called Grace Marriage, and it's one of the coolest opportunities. He's going to speak for us in both Sunday morning services on marriage, and then at 5 o'clock we'll have a dinner for date night together, and uh, Brad's going to invest in you and in your future partner, even if they're not here, and your present spouse, because it's going to be a great and wonderful day. Please don't miss it. Go ahead and register for the dinner so we have everything ready for you. And then quarterly thereafter, we have an opportunity for you to sign up for you and your spouse to invest four hours each quarter in making sure that you have a grace-filled marriage. And I'm just so excited about this opportunity. We started the year by saying, let's help you with personal finances. And then in this quarter, we want to jo jump after marriages. And then in the summer, parenting. And then in the fall, mental and emotional health. And so we really want to be able to help you, as you know, through everything we're trying to do and helping you walk with Jesus in these tangible ways. And so if you're new around here, thank you for being here. And, uh, and you're invited to everything that we have. It's just, it's an open door. You are always welcome. My name is Chuck, and I have the privilege of being the pastor here. And so if you're new around here, the folks are going to put a QR code up on the screen, and you can just take your phone, open the camera, go there. It will give you an opportunity to fill out a quick 
guest registration card, take you just a couple minutes, and then when you're done, I promise you nobody's going to come knock on your door and mess up your uh, ball game watching, but what we will do is send you a very nice gift to say thank you for sharing your time with us on this cold Sunday morning. Thank you so much. Uh, but it is an opportunity also for us to be able to give. Many of you have already done that online. I mean, about 83% of our offerings come in through the app or online now, and so thank you for that. And so many of you have already given, and many of you participate in just recurring gifts. So if, you, uh, if you've already done that, thank you. If you haven't, then you can just pull up your camera again and hit this QR code and give you an opportunity to give directly, and then you can direct that gift to many different areas. We have several benevolence needs going on in the life of our community now. And so if you've already given and you can help us a little bit more with an extra gift of 20 or $50 to help with benevolence needs, they are really in and out of this office every single day right now. And if you could help, we would be so, so grateful. Thank you for your generosity. What a, what a gracious and a giving church you guys are. And we are beyond grateful. We wanted to uh, stop. I want to have a time of prayer with you. I want to pray for what's happening in Ukraine and uh, in the ver various areas around there in Poland and the other nations that are receiving millions of refugees. And then also want to pray for today. As you know, at 11 o'clock, uh, Herschel Walker will be our guest here in our service. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. I've only met Herschel a couple times before, but he's a gracious and a generous guy. And I look forward to hearing about his faith and his fame and his future and uh, his love for the Lord. And so uh, you're welcome to hang around for that service as well. And, uh, but be praying for that day that uh, what we won't hear is politics, but what we will hear is Jesus. And so uh, that's our goal today. So let me pray for you, and then I invite you to watch the screens. We have a quick video on some of the mission efforts been going on recently in the life of our church. Father, we thank you. This is the day that you have given us, and we've come to rejoice and to be glad in it. Lord, for the folks in Ukraine now, um, God, somehow, some way, I know you'll redeem these days in their life, but I would ask you, Lord, to bring peace to that region. God, I'd, I would ask you that you, you would somehow supernaturally reach into the heart of evil leaders that are pursuing this awful act, and you would radically change the course of this. God, protect these men and women and children. God, for uh, the thousands of children without parents that are in Poland now, God, use people like us and others to be able to serve them and to pray for them and to meet their needs. And God, I pray that we'd set aside the geopolitical argument about all that's going on. And we would simply know that there are people that are hurting radically. And we'd fall to our knees and we'd fight this battle on our knees here in the States. That we would pray for those children, for those adults, that somehow through it all they would find you gloriously and wondrously. Lord, um, we know you can control all things. And if for whatever reason you've allowed this to occur, we know you'll redeem each day for a rhyme and a reason and purpose. But even so, come Lord Jesus. We pray that in the name of the matchless Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. If you would, take a look at the screens.
There's a lot going on around here, but I want to tell you why today. Uh, last week, Bobby gave you an incredible word on mission and, and the why and the how and the what. But as we consider this year about walking with Jesus, if you have your Bibles uh, or you have an app on your phone or tablet, go ahead and find, if you would, the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24. And in Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 44, we start with a theological lesson and we end with the reason and the power behind why we go do what we do. And so every now and then, I think it's healthy to remind a church, this is why you do what you do, and this is how you do what you do, and this is the fuel behind everything that happens. So in verse, 20, in verse 44, in chapter 24, the scripture says, then he said, now this is Jesus speaking, then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Now, to get the context of this, Jesus has already risen from the dead. He's appeared to the disciples. Now he's saying, when I was with you before, before I was crucified, buried, and risen, before then, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, in other words, the Old Testament story, all of that would have to come true. Now, he's giving us a basic theology course in verses 44, 45, and 46. Because the scripture goes on and says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, watch this. This is, not, this is not an oddity here. Then he opened their minds. This is a picture of how Jesus wants to work not only within your soul and your heart, but he wants the renewing of your mind to continue by being open to the things of God. That one of the great challenges in the world today is having men and women that have the courage, students that have the courage and a mind that has been filled with enough God-centric thought that they can speak openly on the things of God. You say, well, why is that important? Because when you speak openly on the things of God in a world that is desperate for the things of God, wonderful things happen. But a lot of folks in this room, online, at home, or wherever you're at at work, a lot of times we shy away from speaking of the things of God unless we find ourselves here in the church, in the building. You say, but, but Chuck, there, there are reasons for that. And I, I agree. I shared with my small group Wednesday night, there are several reasons that. One of them is we don't openly think about the things of God because we don't think about the things of God. And, and a lot of that is because of how we fill our mind with everything but the things of God. Like when I hear people tell me, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so fretful, Chuck. I'm so worried. I, I, I'm mad at everything. And I'll just ask him the simple question, what are you filling your mind with? Well, have you watched the news lately? Yes, there's your problem. Stop. Because, listen, your brain and a computer have one thing in common, garbage in, garbage out. When you open your mind to the things of God, the things of God will calm your mind to the point that your mind can be renewed and you can have these new neuropathways in your brain to the degree that you can change the very nature of how you think and how you act and how you respond. The great challenge for us is that we don't leave room for the things of God. The second reason why people don't openly speak about the things of God is they're afraid they're going to be found out. In other words, we've acted one certain way with a group of friends that if all of a sudden we have to talk like we love God in front of those people, they're going to think we've absolutely gone back crazy because what happened to you? What, what happened to that person? Now you're speaking on things of God. Yesterday, you didn't sound anything like 
the person of God. The third reason that we don't is we don't think we know enough to speak about the things of God. And so what happens is we talk about everything but the things of God. We talk about sports. We talk about live life on mission. You've got to openly learn to think and speak on the things of God. One of the core values of this church is we believe in the power of openly speaking on the things of God. Because when men and women, in particular when men, actually utter that three-letter word God and that five-letter word Jesus, marvelous things happen. But the reason we don't is we're chicken because we think we don't know enough. And you know why we're chicken? We don't believe that the Spirit of God dwelling within every believer will give you every good thing you need to say if you'll take one step of courage to stay one blessed word, he'll give you 30 more. And you're saying, but Chuck, I just don't think I can trust that will happen in my life. Then I would ask you this, are you sure that you know Jesus as your savior and that the spirit of God dwells and lives within your soul? Because if you don't trust him to do that, what do you trust him for? If you don't trust him to be able to utter and speak on the things of God, do you only trust him for heaven and heaven alone? Now, the next reason that we, we don't is we're scared to death that we're going to absolutely, somebody is going to shun us and somebody's going to reject us. Nobody likes that, do they? I mean, nobody likes to be rejected. Somebody could tell you today five wonderful things about you and then one person brings up one negative thing and over the next week, what's the one thing you remember all week long? That one negative word. And we're scared to death. If we openly speak about the things of God to somebody and they reject us, <gasps> let me just give you a, a, just a real word of encouragement here, all right? They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. This is not on you. This is on him. You can't save anybody. You can't change anybody. The spirit of the living God does that. Step out in faith. Trust him. He says, wait a minute. Here's what I want you to know. When I was with you, all these things have to happen. Then he opened their minds to understand what? The scriptures. You say, well, Chuck, what kind of things should I prepare myself for to openly speak about the things of God? Okay, watch this. There's a chapter of Proverbs for every day of the month. Read it. Chuck, I don't have four minutes to read a piece of scripture. Okay, but you have time to watch Fox News? Seriously, are, are they your theology today? Because if so, your theology is whacked out. Well, Chuck, no, I don't listen to Fox. I listen to MSNBC. Well, yours is whacked out too. Well, yeah, but I listen to NBC. Whacked out. ABC, whacked out. You might say, well, I get my news from TikTok. Well, you're on crack. I mean, seriously, Jesus said, this is what you do. I want to open your mind to the scriptures. And then he said, he leaves theology and all of a sudden something interesting happens. He says, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. So he's preparing this change from a theological lesson to an evangelistic message. Listen to what he says in verse 47. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Do you not remember what Jesus had to say? That we're to be as we're going to make disciples? As we're going, we're to make disciples, and then we're to baptize them 
and then we're to teach them all these things that he has taught us. We do all three of these things, right? But see, Jesus is saying here that all of us as believers, we have been called to be a part of his redemption plan, not just in the receiving, but also in the giving. You know, the, the problem is Christianity is such a beautiful thing because there's nothing you can do to earn God's grace. There's nothing you can do to earn his salvation. There's nothing you can do to earn his goodness. He gives that to you freely. But inside your free will, you have a choice to conform your will to his and be a part of his redemption plan for mankind to share his story. And you say, well, Chuck, but if I have to share my story, then I'm embarrassed about my story. Well, we've all got an embarrassing story, don't we? I mean, I've, I've had an embarrassing week. But here's what I know. If the story's about you, it's not going to help anything. But if the story's about him, it's never embarrassing. I guess the question is, what story are you telling, his or yours? Because when you tell his story, great things happen. And evangelism happens. But now Jesus breaks out in verse 48, and he throws this thing out there. And I want you to hear this word, apostolic. All right? Say it with me. Apostolic. Try it one more time. Apostolic. Okay. You, do all of you know what that means? If you want to know more about what that means, just, just lift your hand a little bit so I can see. You don't, don't, yeah, okay. So most of us don't, don't get that word. So watch this. So what is another word for the disciples? They were apostles. All right? Apostolic apostles. Jesus gives his decree to go tell the world about him, then baptize them when they have chosen him, and then teach them all the things that he's taught them. He gave the apostles the assignment of telling the story of the gospel around the globe. And they went and started doing that in the first century church. And it's now 2022, and I am still a part of that apostolic movement that continues to move among the believers where we have been called as apprentices to follow Jesus and do the work that he gave his disciples. And we now have this process of apostolic succession as we continue to do the work of the first century church. You, my friend, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have been called into apostolic succession of conveying the gospel as you go about your everyday life. You have been called by Jesus as an apostle to continue the succession of God's redemption work by openly speaking on the things of God. No amen on that one? Amen. Then why don't you do it? Just know that if, if that happens, then you, the only person you've really ticked off is Satan. And by the way, if you're not ticking Satan off, you're not doing anything. I love it when folks say, things are just so smooth right now. I couldn't think, it couldn't be any better than they are right now. And my thought is, then why aren't you doing anything for the cause of the gospel? Well, because things are good. Okay. I promise you that won't last long. We live in a sin-filled world with sin-filled men and women, and sin's going to happen, and hurt is going to follow it. Pick a side. As for me, I want to be on Jesus' side. I want to fight the war on my knees and let him do the battle. Don't you? 
But listen to what Jesus says. I love this. It was also that this message would be proclaimed in the authority to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. And then listen to this. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And then he gets into power mode. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Now watch this. If you've ever wondered, what's the role of the Holy Spirit in my walk as a Christian? It is this, that he would fill you with the power from heaven. You say, but wait a minute, Chuck, but I thought, I thought the Holy Spirit is when you danced in the aisle. Okay, come on, that's your feelings, people. Yeah, but Chuck, I, I, just, I felt near to God. No, you liked the song. But no, Chuck, I, I just, I, I felt like I was totally into it. Okay. But the Spirit of God will well up in you with power on Tuesday at 2, not just when Zach is singing the song. Because if the only time you feel near to God is when you're listening to your favorite worship music, you might as well be listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival because I promise you folks, the Spirit of God is alive and well with or without the music. But he's come to give you heaven sent power, you. Then act like it, trust like it, walk like it, preach like it, and tell Jesus I like it. Like you got that neighbor and they're just a pain in your backside. I mean, they're just not nice people. You know what you want to do? You, you want to send them a really sweet gift in their mailbox. No, you don't. You want to go berserk on them. You say, well, Chuck, I don't think I could ever break down and tell them about Jesus. Well, here's what I would say. Start somewhere. Start with something that's grace-filled. Start with something that would just, just go ahead and be gracious to someone that's not easy to be gracious to. And watch what Jesus would do with that. Jen and I had, uh, we were going out to eat last week and we were sitting outside at a picnic table back when it was 80 degrees. And, um, and this couple sat down at the picnic table waiting for the table inside like we were. And uh, it's a guy from Iran and an African-American lady. And they'd been married for like 20 years. And they sat down and we struck up this conversation with them. And she, she looked at my shirt, it says Sugar Hill Church. And she pointed at the shirt and she said, we're Baha'i. And I just thought, how about that? I said, I, I, I know a little bit about Baha'i. She said, you do? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, y'all are all about unity, right? We're all, let's all be, get together. She was like, yeah, yeah. I said, man, I am too. I don't understand why we have to fight about everything. And we just began this conversation. They actually invited us to eat dinner with them. I said no because I was afraid I couldn't pick out. I'd have to be nice. But when they left, they were just like, thank you for being so kind. And I thought to myself... Okay, if that's one step in the direction with that couple from a Christian couple, I'll take it. You say, yeah, but Chuck, you didn't ask them, are you sure if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven? No, I didn't. Because honestly, I would have lost them right there. 
The Spirit of God will give you enough discernment to know what to say, when to say it, but just trust Him. And sometimes, folks, Christians just need to lay down all of their war material and all their propaganda and all the stuff that you're angry about and just have enough trust in the Spirit of God to lay all that junk down and just trust God to be a gracious and kind human being. I have folks ask me all the time, well, Chuck, what, how, do, how come your church does all this stuff on all these schools? I mean, I literally get asked to speak at conferences to tell people how we get to do stuff on schools. And I just tell them, no, you don't, you don't need me to tell you. I can tell you in three minutes how to do everything you ever want to do on a public school campus. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got their pad and their pen. They're ready for a formula. And the first one is be nice. Just be nice. Stop being a jerk and be nice. Well, Chuck, do you know what they teach? Don't care. It's not my job. You know what my job is? Be nice. If I'm on their campus, I'm going to follow their rules. Because if I follow their rules on their campus, when they get on our campus, they're going to follow ours. And you know what I've learned? All these folks running around in churches saying that the world's coming apart because you can't pray in schools, that is hogwash. I have prayed in almost every public school classroom in this district. I have been invited by every principal to walk through the hallways and pray for these children and these classrooms. And the vast majority of these teachers have welcomed us praying over them. Just be nice. You know the second thing you need to do? Do what nobody else will do. If nobody else will help that science kid, we're going to help him. If nobody else will help those kids be able to read, we'll help them. If nobody else will send food home for those Title I children families, we'll send it home. Do what nobody else will do. And then third, actually care. Actually give a hoot about people in desperate need. Because listen to what Jesus said. And now I'm going to send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You know what? Every backpack that goes out, it's filled with power from heaven. Now, if you don't clap, clap. I mean, come on. Every dollar that goes to Care for AIDS, $300 will bury a Kenyan or $300 will extend that family's life by 27 years. We've been a partner in Kenya for more than 10 years. Thousands of people have given their life to Christ followed Jesus, and their life has been extended by 27 years because of what you do. You know why? Because Jesus said he's going to fill you with power from heaven. Over at Path Project, did you know 10 years ago that the dropout rate for Hispanic students at Lanier High School was 72% by the time they hit their junior year? This past year, it dipped into the high 30%. You know what? That happens when you're filled with the power of the Spirit of God. And now PATH has said, hey, we've opened up a, a new site in Auburn, Georgia, and we need some help. Most of our sites are largely Hispanic, but this site is 100% white and black, just abject poverty. Over in most of our trailer parks, you'd see families out helping one another. In this one, you might see dads beating a wife up out in the front yard. We need help. And I said, well, I promise you Sugar Hill Church will show up for that one. You say, well, check out, that, that might be dangerous. Well, put your spirit of armor on and go to work. I mean, seriously. If there's ever been a place we ought to go serve, it's there. This is the year we start launching single moms. I've wanted to for 10 years. This is the year. 
I pitched an idea to the city about building tiny homes on the backside of our project so we could rotate single moms in and out of those homes between 9 and 12 months. Because every single week, a single mom shows up on our front door where her husband's beat her up and left her, and she has no rent. She doesn't know where to go. She stayed as long as they could. They evicted her. Now she's on a blacklist and can't get in another rental property. She has no transportation, has no food. And how on earth are they going to change that cycle unless the church of the living God steps up and says, we will help you? I mean, come on. The scriptures make a big deal about helping with widows and children. If there's ever been widows and children in our community, it is single moms who need somebody to step in and love them and their children. I don't know of any place on the planet that will do that more than Sugar Hill Church will. You know why? Because we are filled with the power from heaven. You say, well, Chuck, what else are we, what, what else are we doing? Did you know we planted a church in Peru? Go figure, right? Why Peru? Because God led us to it we got a church in Peru that's happening out of this church. Right now, there are people in Peru meeting, praying for you. Did you know this morning there are 12 churches in the Yucatan Peninsula that you support? Did you know there are two places in the Yucatan that are pumping water and purifying water and getting it to little bitty villages in and around the Yucatan? And every time they deliver, they're sharing Jesus with another village, and they do it all because of what you do. That 6,000 people put on shoes this past year because you sent them to West Africa. And I was on the phone with a fellow this morning that said, Chuck, is there any way you could come to Ukraine and help us? And I said, Lord, no. I need one more thing to do. I can need a hole in the head, but I'll pray about it. Maybe one of y'all is supposed to go for me. But why would we do all this stuff? Because the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from on heaven. Listen to me, friend. If you want to walk with Jesus, you want all the good stuff that comes with walking with Jesus. You want his power. You want his provision. You want his protection. You want everything that he offers you, including heaven. Reach up and grab his hand and walk with him on mission. Well, Chuck, how do I do that? Well, the first thing you do is start praying for all of these missions I've missioned and dozens more that I didn't. Pray for our kids' ministry. Pray for the ministry we have in Shine with special needs. We, we literally have families who came here because of a ministry called Shine. Pray for what's happening online. At 11 o'clock, I'm baptizing a 60-plus-year-old lady from Kenosha, Wisconsin, who watched Sugar Hill Church online and gave her life to Jesus online and is here live to get baptized live before she goes back to Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I'm even getting ready for baptism so I can say she's from Kenosha, Wisconsin, don't you know? <laughs> By the way, a lady's coming Good Friday to get baptized, spend Easter weekend with us from Indiana. You know how she met Jesus? Watching you online. There's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to see how the power of the Spirit of God has stepped into the living work of this church. Let us not stop now. Well, Chuck, it's post-COVID and gas is $5 a gallon and grocery. I know. Can you imagine if you had no means to get it? I mean, if there's ever been a need now, it's now. But let's not stop. Let's don't grow weary in doing good. If you want to walk with Jesus, walk with him on mission. 
Walk with him in the midst of the power from heaven. That's what he's called every believer to do. I invite you, don't miss this window of service. Jesus said that if you wanted to be great, you had to become a servant. Pack backpacks, bring food. I just go on down the list. Go on the app and give to missions. Call Mao and find out when the next trip and how you can help. See me or Ann about how you can get involved in Auburn. Check with Rhonda about how you connect with Shine. See Ann about all the different ministries we offer through schools. I mean, there's, there's something for everybody to do. The question is, are you willing to do it? It's that simple. I urge you, don't miss the joy of walking with Jesus on mission. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we praise you. God, we recognize that everything minus Jesus equals nothing and that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Lord, we recognize that we are just beggars talking to other beggars about how to find bread. God, for all those people that are being served through ClearPath, thank you. Thank you for Julie. Thank you for the ministry. For Care for AIDS, thank you. For PATH, thank you. For all of our public school leaders, thank you. For our pastor in Peru, thank you. For the folks who have provided food and folks who have provided refrigeration and folks that have provided benevolence and Lord, just on and on and on, we praise you and we thank you. God, I'm grateful that today, 250 people or so people will be in the Espanol service here in Jesus. And there are churches in the Yucatan with six people going to be hearing Jesus because of what you're doing through this body. Lord, thank you for letting us be a people that can be a part of your work. I pray we get on mission and walk with you this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, let's sing before we go. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Up from the
Yeah, yeah. Hey, before we go, have y'all met Warren yet? Warren, wave to everybody. He doesn't know I'm about to do this, but I want him to give you a little send-off. Warren, tickle those keys a little bit and do something a little funky. Go ahead. Just do whatever. Come on. wanted y'all to know Warren a little bit. Hey, today when you leave, let this Jesus we've talked about go before you and make a way. That's what he does. Let this Jesus go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. Because listen, my friend, he is always good and you are always loved. And when days get difficult, let that Jesus come along and pick you up and carry you, not around the problem, but right through the stinking middle of it only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say up close, my child, say it with me, I love you. God bless you. Go in peace. If you're hanging around for Herschel, you might want to save those seats.